The goal of this podcast is to follow up key concepts of enhanced recovery after surgery or ERAS. Our most recent podcasts discuss the guiding principles of why we do it. We are the SGO Opiate ERAS Working Group, and in the next 15 minutes, we hope to provide some practical tips on how to develop a successful ERAS program at your institution. We acknowledge that all health systems are a little different, yet there are some common strategies that can be used in developing collaborations. Initiation of an ERAS program at any institution is a complex task and can be more easily broken down into individual components. Identifying stakeholders at any institution represents a first step. Defining the process and mapping a road for success will involve multiple teams, including surgeons, anesthesiologists, nursing, as well as the patient themselves. This podcast is divided into sections referring to preoperative, intraoperative, and postoperative considerations. With respect to implementation of the preoperative component of a comprehensive ERAS program for gynecologic oncology, arguably the most important important facet is patient education. The optimal method to operationalize this will be specific to the resources and patient population of a given practice model or institution. Some options for information delivery and mode of patient education include 1. A teaching video to be distributed electronically. 2. A class, which could be in-person or telehealth, run by nursing, MD, or CRNA. Or 3. A PowerPoint, which could be distributed electronically or as a handout. As you can see, there are multiple ways that the delivery of information can be tailored, dependent on patient population and institutional resources. In patient populations which are not primarily English-speaking, written information may be favored as this could be produced more easily in multiple languages. Similarly, in settings with patients who have lower resources, options that depend on connectivity, such as televideo classes or even email, may not be ideal. There are specific concepts that should be addressed during these educational outreaches prior to surgery. These include goals of the ERAS pathways, which are to reduce patient fear, fatigue, and pain, and improve surgical outcomes, how best to optimize oneself for surgery preoperatively, and what to expect after surgery. Education around these issues should begin in the first encounter that addresses surgery. In this way, the patient understands that the surgeon themselves endorses this approach. Discussion must include optimizing patient wellness prior to surgery, focusing on both nutritional status and cardiovascular and physical wellness. This may include nutritional supplements if there is a concern for malnutrition, and enhancing mobilization prior to surgery. Understanding that many patients are able to follow specific instructions in those who are more sedentary, explicitly outlining expectations for length and frequency of cardiovascular activity with suggested activity examples may be met with better compliance and results. Importantly, thorough patient education regarding pain management strategies to be employed postoperatively, focusing on non-narcotic, narcotic, and non-pharmacologic interventions should be stressed. Things that patients should expect in the preoperative period will also be reviewed, including preoperative diet, when and what the last PO intake should be, which medications may be held or continued, and use of chlorhexidine soap prior to surgery. Lastly, but perhaps most importantly, postoperative expectations, including those around discharge, need to be addressed. Many patients are surprised to learn they will ambulate and eat a regular diet on the night of surgery. Additionally, many will be surprised to learn 
and perhaps thus need time to organize support people for, the day of discharge often being post-op day zero or post-operative day one. Reviewing what milestones will be reached in the hospital prior to discharge and what to expect after discharge home in terms of continued physical recovery can help to reduce the fear surrounding post-operative discharge. As we move towards the intraoperative setting, implementing ERAS in the operating suite requires close involvement and communication with the surgical, anesthesia, and nursing teams. Preoperative education and buy-in from all team members participating in the care of a patient in an ERAS pathway can improve adherence to ERAS protocols. When team members understand and see the benefits to ERAS, their participation and adherence is improved. Particularly in the intensive setting of the operating room, Developing a shared culture and belief in ERAS is critical to implementing and moving a program forward. Nothing can sidetrack your ERAS program more than the intraoperative team not being on board. Identifying and engaging all the stakeholders from the preoperative admitting nurses to the anesthesiologists to the PACU will ensure success. On the day of surgery, administration of appropriate preoperative pain medications, such as acetaminophen and gabapentin, for example, involves communication with preoperative nursing staff and can introduce the discussion with anesthesia teams regarding pain management during surgery. If local or neuraxial blocks are planned intraoperatively or immediately upon completion of surgery, engaging discussion as the operating suite is being arranged for the patient allows for time to address questions prior to arrival to the OR on the day of surgery. At some institutions, OR briefing at the beginning of the day to make the overall plan for each patient especially for neuraxial anesthesia, is very helpful. Communication regarding the ERAS pathway with the operating room staff including circulating nurses and scrub techs, it's important to ensure everyone understands the trajectory of care anticipated for the patient receiving enhanced recovery. These briefings can include use of urinary catheters, multimodal VTE prophylaxis, and antibiotics. Upon arrival to the OR, a surgical timeout is performed per standard set by the Joint Commission. Incorporated into this timeout include a review of ERAS components completed preoperatively, such as premedications, administration of VTE prophylaxis, and any neuraxial anesthesia or localized block placement occurring prior to arrival. During this timeout, discussion of goals regarding intraoperative fluid management can be had with the anesthesia team to ensure maintenance of euvolemia during the planned procedure. The need for a shared philosophy regarding goal-directed fluid management is critical for ERAS. When you're in the middle of doing a case and six hours later you find out that your patient has been overloaded with fluid, there is no going back. Proper communication prior to surgeries and prior to implementation of protocols can prevent such misalignment. Following induction of anesthesia, placement of a warming device occurs to maintain euthermia, as well as discussion with circulating nursing staff about maintenance of temperature within the operating room during the case. In our own institution, we found that maintenance of euthermia was impossible without one, educating the staff about the why for euthermia, and two, addressing staff comfort with temperature. Making sure to address staff concerns and misgivings with a collaborative change management approach rather than a one-directional top-down approach, while more time-consuming, is ultimately far more successful. Many patients undergoing gynecologic procedures are considered for a Foley placement or an orogastric tube to decompress the bladder and stomach respectively. The placement and removal of these drains and other lines should be planned with a clear timeline regarding duration and removal, especially to the nursing staff and the surgical team assuming care of the patient postoperatively. When possible, procedures are performed via a minimally invasive route to reduce the risk of postoperative complications, readmission, and pain medication requirements. 
When deviations from an originally planned, minimally invasive procedure are needed, this is communicated to the anesthesia team with a discussion centering on adjunct methods of pain control, including epidural, localized anesthetic blockade, or the use of non-opioid analgesia to ensure patients do not deviate from enhanced recovery. Many surgical settings may differ in practice patterns and personnel involved in the implementation of ERAS. Various institutions may involve medical trainees of differing specialties and disciplines who may require special consideration in the implementation of ERAS. And institutions where trainees rotate frequently to other surgical services with differing ERAS pathways, deviations can be introduced due to the lack of familiarity with any one specific protocol. Periodic review and education regarding ERAS in the operating room can underscore the nuances of an individual ERAS program and limit departure from a typical patient pathway for team members periodically involved. Prior to handoff to the post-operative anesthesia unit, a review of the case is conducted, offering an opportunity for all members of the team to discuss relative intraoperative events necessitating changes to the ERAS protocol and anticipated postoperative needs and enhanced recovery milestones are reviewed with the interoperative team and the team assuming care of the patient. Thoughtful implementation of ERAS processes in the pre- and intraoperative settings, as discussed in the two previous segments, allows institutions to be set up for success postoperatively. This can be compared to planting a garden. Processes that we implement, in other words, crops we plant, prior to surgery, allow for an expedient discharge with good patient outcomes. In other words, the harvest. However, to harvest the ERAS crop to its fullest potential, an effective ERAS-informed team must also work together postoperatively. As Dr. Koritz discussed, postoperative expectations should be clear to the patient from their preoperative office visits. The goal of preoperative counseling is to set expectations and provide a care plan for the postoperative period. This is not only for logistical planning, but actually improves patient health outcomes postoperatively, as providing structured preoperative education has been associated with reduced pain, reduced nausea, and decreased length of stay after surgery. This allows patients to come out of surgery with their caregiver, structural, and financial support needed after a major surgery. Similarly, Preoperative planning of institutional processes like SSI prophylaxis, nutrition, standard anesthetic protocols, and opioid-sparing analgesia order sets allow for a smooth transition to postoperative care because the plan and expectations are set for the whole team. An effective ERAS team is crucial to implement the above processes and to gain the benefits of ERAS planning in the post-op setting, better patient outcomes. The patients and their caregivers are at the center of the post-op ERAS team, but a network of healthcare team members is required to ensure a successful post-operative period with shortened length of stay and ultimately discharge. This team includes informaticists to build, optimize, and troubleshoot order sets in the EMR, surgical nursing staff who are informed on and adept with following postoperative procedures and protocols, and physician leaders who support and consistently educate learners and other stakeholders on the importance of ERAS. Involving physical and occupational therapists can support early mobility goals and patient and unit adoption of ERAS significantly. Likewise, aligning expectations for early oral intake and diet with team members and the patient can also improve patient experience and a resumption of bowel function. For the discharge planning process, physicians can partner with pharmacists, social workers, and nurse leaders to help ensure the patient obtains the correct discharge medications affordably. For example, pharmacists and social workers can assist with financial support opportunities for expensive medications, commonly requiring prior authorizations 
such as direct acting oral anticoagulant prophylaxis and opioid medications. Resources like meds to beds programs and defined discharge pathways have been found to reduce representation rates for surgical admissions and offer an appealing resource for ERAS programs. Ultimately, nutrition, mobility, and pain management culminate in the patient preparedness for discharge. Altogether, a cohesive team with intentional communication regarding the patient's readiness for discharge allows for the ERAS pathway to reach its final destination or bear its final fruit of the harvest, the patient at home and functional. In conclusion, how to implement ERAS is to foster communication between various team members, including the patient. We hope this podcast helps to set expectations and promote working in concert to bear the fruit of improved patient outcomes. Our committee members include Dr. Millie Koretz and Dr. Jeannie Chern, Dr. Matt Wager, and Dr. Monica Kumar, Dr. Aaron Zacholsky, and Dr. Andres Ladanyi. I am Dr. Li Mei Chen, chair of the working group. We recognize that there are continuous changes in guidelines and management strategies. For more dialogue, please join ongoing discussion groups at the SGO ConnectEd website. The information presented is that of the contributing faculty and presenters and does not necessarily represent the views of the Society of Gynecologic Oncology or any named company or organization providing financial support. Specific therapies discussed may not be approved and or specified for use as indicated by the faculty or presenters. If you like what you heard today, please let us know by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and hitting the follow button wherever you're listening. If you have suggestions for future SGO On The Go podcasts, please email us directly at education at sgo.org.